and welcome to episode 13 of the No Cap Podcast. I'm here with Arun, and uh, you know, there's really only one topic we can talk about today, and that is the Buffalo Bills. No, of course, it's Mike Babcock. Uh, you know, he was the longest-running coach on the team since the legendary Pat Quinn, and he was fired today. He was fired by the team. He's been replaced by Marley's coach, Sheldon Keefe. And, uh, you know, to help me delve through it, to help me figure out what went wrong, what to expect next, and what this all means, I've got Arun with me. Arun, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. Like, I'm actually just battling an illness right now. Um, but, you know, I'll be fine. So, um, yeah, with Mike Bapa, let's get into it. So, yeah, I want to say it's a surprise, but I think it's just like the words kind of viscerally kind of hit you a little bit when... You see, oh, when you see the least PR tweet, Mike Babcock has been relieved of his duties as head coach or whatever the formal language is, you know, even though it seemed like an inevitability that he's gone. And I want to preface this by saying while I'm happy Babcock was dismissed for the sake of the team, like, I don't want to necessarily, like, celebrate it per se, because when Babcock was hired, let's, let's take it back, we were all super excited for him. And I think you just have to look at it as, look, he was the right man for the job, in 2015-2016. He was certainly the right man for the job in 2016-17 when the Leafs' core were all in the rookie season um, and they took the Capitals to six games, six competitive games at that. Um, Babcock was the right guy for that team, but I feel like the team outgrew him at a certain point. And that's where the disconnect lies. So I get why people are like, oh, you know, fuck Mike Babcock or, you know, he's gone, let's rejoice, whatever. And that may be true of the 2018 and 2019 season. Or sorry, the 2019 and 2020 seasons, right? Like, I'd certainly get that over the last year and a half. But, you know, taking into stock of his account, like, he, he helped the organization get to where they are now, but it's time to move on. So that's my initial initial take. What, what about your Sash? Uh, like you, I saw that tweet kind of come across, and, and I didn't really believe it. I, I saw it, and I had to triple-check it was a real account. And then, obviously, you have the beat reporters. They come in. Uh, they're talking about it. They're all posting you know, the news. And it kind of took me back to that moment when we hired Mike Babcock. I I kind of celebrated it like we'd signed a star free agent. I'm not going to lie. Like, we got him in after years of, you know, it was Randy Carlisle. It was Ron Wilson. It was a uh, poor one out for my boy Horacek. And then we finally had competency, it seemed. So I know he signed the eight-year deal, and it always seemed kind of wild that he would actually see through the eight-year deal but at the time when we got him and we signed him to that deal i was like holy shit we've mike babcock for eight years this is amazing right yeah no that was my takeaway too at the time but i think like those, sorry go ahead i was gonna say it's one of those things where i mean it's i mean we even saw it not to compare the situation but like we saw it with pochettino earlier this week right like can you really hold the dressing room in the modern era for eight years i don't know like that's that's something that is increasingly being debated at the highest level of sport. But ultimately, like when I think about Mike Babcock, when I think about the Leafs, I go back to what you said. It you know, it felt right the entire time and then something happened towards the end of last season when it became inevitable that we were about to play the Bruins again and you kept seeing like the exact same line combinations, you kept seeing riding Hainsey, like you saw you saw that he wasn't necessarily experimenting even when our playoff fate in terms of opponent was basically predetermined two months out. So I think that was maybe the moment where I initially started to get frustrated with Mike Babcock. But even then, I do find it curious that they did it on November 20th because Sheldon Keith, he kind of gets airdropped into a situation now where 
I worry for the guy. I'm not going to lie. Like, what do you think his biggest priorities are coming into the job? That's a great question. I think his biggest job is to kind of reestablish the room, right? <clears throat> and at the risk of concocting a false narrative without information, like, I don't want to suggest the idea that the, the players tuned him out without concrete evidence necessarily. But I think it's reestablishing the trust in the room. Like, hey, let's have an open forum with Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, William Delander, whomever, right? Let's reestablish the trust in the room. And then kind of outline like what his goals are for the, what his goals are for the team, like how he plans to use lines, how he plans to use the power play, how he plans to use Tyson Berry. You know, I think there should be a feeling out uh, period. And it's interesting that you mentioned the pressure. Like I think just taking on the head coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs in any capacity has a certain pressure. Um, mm-hmm. Does Keith face more pressure? I don't know. Maybe. You know, I think it's just an inherently like stressful job. Like the thing is now though, people can't call for Keith's head if they continue to lose right like someone has to take someone has to take accountability down the line and i think too right like i do not want this to get misconstrued at all so let me say this also that i was ecstatic when john Tavares signed and i'm still very happy he's on the team but he's not kind of that like bombastic type of leader and this is kind of like interesting to see like how john Tavares' like leadership style influences the maple leafs now so i'm curious about so i think like john Tavares and sheldon keep should have like a face-to-face meeting they probably have and be like look what do we want on this team what's not working what is working how do you plan to implement a new system or a different system and like how are we going to get back on track here where did you think it all went wrong for mike babcock like ultimately what do you think why was he dismissed i think he was i mean i'm not going to say like the mounting fan pressure that that's obviously part of it but i think simply you know kyle dubas made a cost-benefit analysis like look We've set up this team realistically to contend for the Cup for the next five years, right? Um, they were originally maybe set up for seven, eight years when they signed John Tavares. That window got shortened but more potent. Um, and then looking at this as one of their prime years to win the Cup, it's just simply, I think he had to look at it as like, look, this is going to be a tough decision, but this team is wildly underperforming. Um, like when I went on Natural Stat Trick, and if there are like hockey analysts who, who follow me, no, if there are, please like let me know because it's an area where... I'm still trying to learn and improve in my own work, but it seems to me like the Leafs are creating enough like shots, but the quality shots are fucking atrocious. Like you can't be shooting from like 18, 20 feet out or like run the offense through the point. You know what I mean? These are not the 1970s right. Montreal Canadiens. So I don't Yo, know, bro. This, this ain't the summit series. This ain't the summit series, dog. I mean, I don't know. I think somewhere along the line, like, it's not like Babcock can be out of touch, but I think he believes in some sort of old school values that like veterans deserve more playing time or that like fourth line center should be uh, like there to kind of like win the puck out of your own zone. And it's just like, I think Babcock steadfastly like refused uh, to adopt some of the tendencies that are so important to the modern game. And I think that's where he may have lost the room with when your best players are all 22, 23 years old. Yeah. You kind of saw it like, the cracks starting to appear over the past year. Like there was that comment when he, he spoke at, at the end of the season about his relationship with Kyle Dubas. And he was like, me and Kyle Dubas have a great relationship. And then you look at, you know, just how the rosters changed over the past, you know, couple of years, like, you know, the Roman Polacks, the Ron Hainsies, the Zeitz. That is like a lot of those, a lot of those kind of Babcock favorites and those guys who used to soak up minutes, they're all gone. And I feel like, you know, you can only, you can only do so much. Like, I think if you realistically look at this team and you realistically look at, you know, you said you look at their underlying numbers, they were underperforming relative to their talent. So at that point, 
it becomes a lot easier to a coach than it is to, you know, trade half of a roster. Yeah, I mean, quickly, someone just, like, suggested to me last night, oh, well, the Leafs have had some bad luck. It's like the Leafs are in the top, like, third of teams benefiting from luck in the whole league, so that's not it either. You know? Yeah, man. Did you see it? Um, did you see uh, Mike's statement that he gave? I did, and I thought it was good. Like, I thought it was, it was well measured, and I have no issue with it. He did say another thing. Though. So, I'm going to – sorry. Sorry to cut you off. I'm going to read it out just in case – Yeah, please do. Please do, please do. Um, haven't uh, read it. I'm not going to read the full one because, you know, he starts off with, like, you know, stuff about Larry T and Lou Lamorello, but I'll read the uh, the meat of it. He goes, uh, I'm disappointed. We didn't have the start to the year we wanted, and that's on me. I want to thank the fans. I want to thank the media. I want to thank the city. It was spectacular. I loved every second of it. And I wish the new group nothing but success. Morgan Riley has been here the whole time, and I can't thank him enough. And all the players I got an opportunity to coach, it's been fantastic, and I wish them nothing but success. I kind of found it wild that Morgan Riley was the one player that got the name dropped. But I guess he has been there the whole time, and he you know, does deserve it if anyone does, right? I would say so. I mean, I think Riley and Babcock had a really good relationship. You know, oftentimes, based on the conjecture that you hear, like, oh, Babcock is feuding with star player X, has always been mentioned around, like, Austin Matthews, William Nylander, who also are the least two best forwards right now. And quickly, enough with this trade Nylander bullshit. He's been amazing. Um, anyway, but no, I, I, feel like, I feel like Riley was, like, the, that member of the core that got along with Babcock the best. But he also has been the longest tenured uh, member of the team. And quite honestly, like, not to relitigate the captaincy debate, I'm quite a, I'm happy with that John Tavares got it. Um, but I was, like, kind of advocating for Morgan Riley to be the next captain of this team. Just because, like, he has, like, the vocal leadership. He probably is, like, the best, like, with the media among, like, the team's best players. Like, the best core on the team is probably Zach Hyman, but even still, right? Like, I think among the team's, like, core, like, stars, Riley's been the best there. And he's been there through, like, the shitty times. He's been there for the good times. He's been here for the now shitty times again. Like, he's been through it all. And we forget that he's only 25 years old, but, I mean... Yeah, Morgan Riley has definitely been there through it all. So I think it was good. And I think it was a good statement to put out. Mm-hmm. Um, to be honest, it was a pleasant surprise for Babcock to say that. He did say something, though, to, I, be, I believe it was to Pierre Lebrun at The Athletic. And to Lebrun, he said, well, every GM, he said something to the effect of it. I don't have the direct quote. I just skimmed it. But he said something to the effect of every GM deserves their own coach. So, yeah, I mean, now, well, Dubas has his guy, right? Like, so now I think the pressure shifts to Kyle Dubas, right? Like you mm-hmm. asked, I should have mentioned this earlier when you asked because that was a good question. But thinking out loud here, the que- I mean, obviously there's gonna be pressure on Sheldon Keith just for the sake of the role. But like we're talking about, like where the pressure shifts, it's now on Dubas. Like you have your guy, you have your coach that you hired to coach the Marlies, and he did an excellent job with the Marlies. Uh, you have your guy now. Like Keith has developed a bunch of the players who are on the team now. You know. So now Kyle Dubas will be inextricably linked to the Sheldon Keith success, mm-hmm. or, or lack thereof. Isn't like wasn't uh, wasn't Keith? Didn't he play for Kyle in the OHL as well? I don't believe he played. Sheldon Keith was born in 1980, so I don't think he played. Or not for, played. Sorry, he, he coached. But they, but he, I, I believe he coached Dubas's former team as well. Yeah, they worked together in some capacity with the Sioux. Where? Yeah, man. Um, but yeah, like it, there was some. There's some link there. So like this, this guy, he is. He he basically really is uh, Kyle Davis's guy, and it kind of brings up the. I know there's been a lot of comparisons lately about Mike Babcock is Dwayne Casey and Sheldon Keith is Nick <laughs> Nurse. Like I've I've seen those comparisons. Basically, I think this is the start of the 
the of the Leafs season. But let's let's talk about those comparisons. How do you feel about that? Do you think it's a good comparison? And let's uh, give me your take on kind of juxtaposing this with the uh, the Raptors move because also it's very similar in the sense that Masai didn't pick Dwayne Casey, he inherited Dwayne Casey, and Nurse was his guy. It's in. It's an interesting comparison. It's one that we've made before, both on this podcast, in public and in private before comparing. I think it's all too easy, though. You know what I mean? Like, I think when you and I made that comparison, it was sort, mm-hmm. of, it was sort of in jest. Um, there might be a partial truth to it. I don't think the comparison fully checks out because Mike Babcock had a higher pedigree than Dwayne Casey going into accepting respective jobs. Like, Dwayne Casey did a great job as the Mavericks' lead assistant on that team uh, that beat the Miami Heat in 2011. So sure, I mean, he, he wasn't like a nobody, but he also wasn't like the head coach of Team Canada either, or in this case, he wasn't like Coach K, so to speak. So their initial pedigree going in is a little bit yes. different. But where the adjustment is a little bit different, yeah, I think like comparing Keith to Nurse is interesting. Like Nurse, it's his first head coaching job. Like Nurse, he's lauded for his like offensive schemes. And like like Nurse, he might like light a fire under like the core players of the team that just have been previously uninspired. And it's not to say that Kyle Lowry was uninspired before, or, or like you know the Raptors' core like couldn't get over the hump because of KC. But like let's face it, like a lot of the players respond a lot better to Nick Nurse, right? Like the Raptors don't right. You know who is to say necessarily you can never project that far, but you know without Nick Nurse's injection to the Raptors, who who knows if they become a championship team? Um, but Keith has been lauded for his, like, his offensive ability, his player development, his ability to relate to uh, younger players. I mean, again, this guy is born in 1980, so he's not like that much older than you and I, frankly. Um, Does that make him a millennial, or is he Gen X I think, I think he's, he's Generation X. He's definitely listening to Break Stuff by Limp Bizkit, um, for sure. In fact, that would be, <laughs> be a great way to just get out the rage after the game. Like, they lose their next game to the Coyotes or whatever, and just Limp Bizkit goes off, and they just start breaking stuff. I don't know. Anyway. Oh, my God. Um, like, I, think, <laughs> I, I think the comparison... Yo, we listen to Limp Bizkit too, man. We can't put that all on Gen X. Oh, 100%. I'm just saying. Um, no, I, like, I think the comparison Sorry, works... Sorry, you're saying. <laughs> I, so, again, like, I, this is a long-winded answer. I think the comparison works to a degree. I think it's sort of a lazy comparison. There are some sort of similarities, and we'll see. Um, so, there are some mm-hmm. similarities there. I just think, like, we, we said it for fun... You know, we set it for banter, but ultimately it's a sort of a lazy comparison. And we'll, we'll see how it shakes out. Whoa. Banter? I would never. Um, so I have something that I'm very confused about that I need your help unpacking. Why it. does Mike Commodore hate Mike Babcock? Like, what? Oh. what's going on there? Why was he tweeting all that shit? Like, give me, give me the backstory here. If memory serves correctly, I just think Babcock didn't play Mike Commodore a whole lot when they played together. And then, do you see? Did you see the post I'm talking about though? Oh, yep, I sure did. Mike Commodore, but this is not. This is a running bit though. Mike Commodore's been doing this for years. Like he really? despises Mac Babcock, and I'll find the exact story. Um, I'll bring it up. It basically Commodore's like time with the Red Wings didn't go well at all. Um, you know, he felt that he got screwed mm-hmm. over by Babs. You know, he felt like he didn't get enough playing time. Uh, it was just this whole thing, and like I'm just gonna pull something up just job of memory. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, he felt like he didn't get enough playing time. The relationship worst. You know, Mike Commodore alleged that Babcock only wanted them as a physical presence. When Commodore tried to say, like, no, like, I'm a complete NHL defenseman, Babcock refused. Granted, this is all from Commodore's account of the story. Babcock really hasn't publicly engaged with it, and nor should he necessarily. Excuse me? Yeah, you can't, you can't beef down. You gotta beef up always. 
you gotta beef up. Um, yeah, my Commodore hates Babcock, and I don't know. I mean, that's not entirely surprising. Like he's like Babcock doesn't strike me as a hateable guy at all, but I think his lack of transparency right. becomes frustrating, right? Right. Like he's not like I don't think. Sorry, I don't think that like. I mean, like, granted, I live in, like, my own online bubble, but, like, even based on, like, friends and people at work I was speaking to, I, there really wasn't, like, a hatred for Mike Babcock. It was more just, like, a reluctant, like, like, I, I don't think he had very many people who, like, hated him or who, like, really didn't like him. I think most people really respected him and they respected what he'd accomplished as a coach, but they were, like, you know, begrudgingly, it's time, right? Yeah, I think it was just more of, like, we're not just here to kiss the ring for appearance's sake. Yeah, and then, like, look, like, not to make this all about me necessarily, but in my, like... It is all about you, bro. Come on. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. No, like, in my few experiences interacting with Mike Babcock, he's been pleasant. He's intimidating, for sure. But I think that comes with the... Yo, yeah, you've been in the room. Like, as, so someone who's been in the room, like, what... Like, does that give you... Uh, do, do you have a different perspective as someone who's kind of seen those dynamics? Only a little bit. Like, shout out to Sarah Jenkins and Justin Cuthbert on the Yahoo Sports Canada Leaf Speed. They're excellent. Um, so they would probably have a better sense of, like, how it's going this year. In my limited interactions with Mike Babcock, he's been, like, pleasant. Um, he's intimidating. And I think where people get this idea from... What, what's the most frustrating part about me about Mike Babcock is his lack of transparency. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He'll, he'll defend decisions by saying, well... With Roman Polak specifically, you know, people were like, why do you keep playing this guy? And he'd be like, well, what you see might be one thing, but what the coaches see is a total, like, n- another thing. You know what I mean? And, right. you know, considering that the Leafs have one of the best analytics teams, like, in the NHL, and, you know, they seem to be a data-driven organization or an increasingly data-driven organization, and for Babcock just kind of rely on, like, old-school, like, hockey tropes, I think that's where the disconnect lies. But, like, is he, like, an outwardly malicious guy? Like, no, not the slightest. Like, is he a good guy? Like, he seems to be. And I wish him well in his future endeavors. I really do. But that being said, he had to go. Did you ever, um, did you ever, did I ever tell you what the time that I went to Hemingway's and I saw Mike Babcock? You've told me off the record. You never told me on the record. Why don't you tell oh, the, yeah. why don't you tell our viewers this the story? Make podcast knowledge. Yeah, make, make it. Make this podcast make knowledge. Make it Paul knowledge. Yeah, shit. Um... Dude, it was really weird. It was like St. Patrick's Day, like maybe three years ago or two years ago. Um, was with a friend, uh, Niall, who's definitely not online, so none of you, you know who I'm talking about. But we went to St. Patrick's Day uh, at uh, Hemingway's because he really wanted to go there. And Mike Babcock was just posted up in the corner. He had a, a dad hat on. I can't remember whether it was like a logo or a team thing, but it was like a black hat. He had a windbreaker. He was drinking a cool was light and he was watching one of the most random March Madness games and like maybe every five or six minutes a Leafs bro would recognize him and be like yo Mike whatever and then like go over and take a photo with him and he was super nice about it he took all the photos but then like the minute the photo was over he would just go back to staring at like some random like it wasn't even a good March Madness game it was like I can't remember the teams that were playing but it was extremely not important but Mike was just having a beer and you know posted up it was it was, it was pretty funny. Huh. Well, good for you, man. Like, yeah, again, like, I, I hope, like, he still, like, is comfortable, like, residing in the city. You know what I mean? Like, you know, getting accosted by Leafs bros doesn't seem like super amount of fun. So, like, again, like, I hope he can enjoy life as, like, a private citizen now in Toronto. That's cool, right, though. Man. Like, I always, like, I think that should be the move. Like, I think for us, well, for Will and I, who still work in sports media, and for you, obviously, being someone formerly in media and just having common sense, like, 
I think all three of us, when you just see, like, athletes, like, or, you know, sports figures in the city, we just kind of, like, leave them alone, right? Like, like, I saw more. Oh, yeah. I'm not, I'm not trying to bother these guys, man. Yeah. Don't bother Mike Babcock if he's just trying to have a drink at Hemingway's, honestly. Um, also, like, what am I going to do? Like, yo, you're the coach, man. Get X's and O's. Like, like really, like, what am I going to do? Yo, Mike, why don't you play Jason Spezza more, bro? Come on. He had his family and friends there, Yo, Richie. bro. Oh, I'm not going to lie. I didn't see this coming, but, like, you called it. Like, okay, maybe you've turned the GOAT into, a, into an NHL player. I'll give you that. Yeah, although GOAT's kind of slowed down these last 10 games. I know that's not your point, but I'm just saying. Anyway. Um, yeah. Yo, I ride. I ride for Freddie the GOAT. Let the record state, Freddie the GOAT's my guy. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> He's pretty good, man. Um, so, I guess, like, yeah, Sasha, I guess a question for you. It's like, like, where do you see... Like, what happens if the Leafs don't make the playoffs? What do you think the reaction is? This city burns. Yeah. Uh, we've gotten used to championships, and this will not do. Yeah, I mean... No, but for real? Uh, no, it really answer your question. Uh, if the Leafs don't make the playoffs, I honestly don't know what you do. Because you're definitely not getting rid of any of those core members. So, how much room does that truly leave you in terms of... You know, tinkering with this roster around the edges. You're not uh, going to get rid of Shelton Keefe. He just got hired. You're yeah. not going to fire yourself if you're Kyle Dubas. Like, what do you, do you really do? Like, you, you, so uh, Barry's a free agent, so you got that whole thing to sort out. Like, I genuinely, I thought going into last summer, I was like, okay, like, I don't know what the hell they're going to do. I don't know how they're going to improve this team. You had Kavanaugh and Janssen that needed new deals. You had Marner that needed a new deal. Mar- Oh, it was on the books. Zaitsev was on the books. Like, going into last summer, I was like, I don't know what the hell they're going to do. And lo and behold, I was actually very happy with the summer that they ended up having. Yeah, same. going into this summer, like, I, what, what do you even do, man? Like, I, I'm, like, the last person you should ask this question to. What do you think? So, I think Tice, like, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously getting Muzzin under contract uh, is huge, which could be tough. Again, yeah, there's no, there's no roster flexibility at all, other than, like, calling up, like, Rasmus Sandin. And I'm assuming Timmy Lilligren graduates to the NHL next year. You know, that kind of rounds out the defensive core, who, by the way, haven't been, like, as bad as suggested. Really, just the offense hasn't been as good either. Um, like, all everyone except for Austin Matthews and Willem Nylander haven't been good enough. Um, what do you do from here? Like, yeah, if the Leafs miss the playoffs, it's, it's going to be a catastrophe because you don't have any um, really, like, sudden options for any recourse there. Um, this, is, this is the team that they've got. I mean... And that's what comes with it, right? Like, you know, I think you and I were both pretty ecstatic about how the summer went and how Marner got signed, irrespective of what um, the term was and the value was. But this is the team that we live with now. Mm-hmm. You know, you kind of just got to live with it now. And I think you made a good point in a group chat that we have. You made a, And the reason why I asked you that was because of the point you made. You made a really smart point, I thought. It's like, well, Dubas has played his hand now. I mean, he had to, I think. And he did now. So Dubas mm-hmm. has played his hand. Like, I don't think he, you know, I don't think he has any rabbit out of the hat type moves left um, in his arsenal. So let's hope at least turn this it around. This is the team for better or worse. Like, this is what we got. This is what you got for better or for worse. I mean, you can move around the bottom six a little bit. And you can move right. around, like, the top two pairings defensively, like, a little bit. Freddie Anderson's still locked up, and, like, why would you move him anyway? And the Leafs still need to find a capable backup goaltender. Um, they haven't had one since Curtis McElhinney left. So, yeah, I mean, there, there are some problems to address. And if the Leafs miss the playoffs, it's going to be, I think, a total catastrophe. So let's hope that doesn't get to that place yet. 
dude, if the if the Leafs miss the playoffs, like I'm not, I might have to go underground. Like I'm not ready for the nuclear level takes that that will spew. Like <laughs> Twitter will become a dark place. People are gonna like, people are gonna be like, oh, like Mar- see, Martin was greedy, and this is what happened, or oh, we should trade Nylander, or it's just man, Twitter, Twitter is gonna be a dumpster fire if that happens. Happens. I really don't want that to happen because I'm a Leafs fan and I obviously want the best for the team. But I also don't want it to happen because I just don't want to deal with the discourse that I know is inevitably going to fall. Right? Look, Leafs discourse is always bad. Leafs missing the playoffs in year in which they were a Stanley Cup like favorite or one of the favorites. Total nightmare. Total like dude. Overdrive. Time. The overdrive column line is going to be bumping. Yeah, it'll be flooded, man. I mean. That's when I go back to covering the Toronto <laughs> Wolfpack and the Raptors and soccer and tennis and all the other sports I do. Thank God for not being a one-sport guy because this would be a nightmare for me. But, young versatility over here. Young versatility. Shout out to Sonny Bill. Yo, shout out to Sonny Bill, man. Shout out to Wolfpack. Hey, listen, if the Leafs fucking suck uh, come springtime, go out and see your Toronto Wolfpack. They're going to be really good this year. Dude, you're, you're like a Wolfpack reporter. You've like I really – you're, you're killing it lately. Man, I'm having – just continuously the best time of my career, best year of my career. Who would have thought, eh? <laughs> Considering how it started, who would have thought? No, I'm having the best time of my career, man. It's great. Um, but yeah, I don't Listen, know. Listen, I've, I've always believed in you and I've always supported you. And just don't don't forget about me when you're at the top, man. I would say the same to you, Sash. You've had a great year too, man. We've had a great year. Like, don't forget about Should we just take the rest of the podcast to compliment each other? I think we can make this a Rune and Sasha show. I mean, we have a dinner on Friday coming up. I'm very excited about that. I'm going to try to get healthy for that. I don't know. I could do a whole podcast about how much I love you. I don't think the audience would care for it very much, but I can fill a whole hour saying what I like about you for sure. I'm touched, man. I'm really touched. What I, I, I like could about maybe do 45 you? minutes. I don't know if I could do an hour, maybe 40, maybe 50 minutes. But I too am excited for the for the dinner on uh, on Friday. Shout out to shout out to the Uber driver that's joining us. Yeah. Oh man, whatever. That, that, I'm sorry. Look, Will. Will. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Will buried our good friend Raptors HQ manager Dan Reynolds on the last podcast. I am a big fan of Dan Reynolds, both for his work, but more more for the fact that as a person, he's an all around great guy. Um, yeah, I guess you can find us three roaming the streets of Toronto on Friday. Um, if you want to come, come through. Say, if you want to come and say hello to three bros with a podcast, sure. <laughs> um, Sash, I don't know. I mean, oh, dude, people are so ready to say hi to guys at the podcast on Friday night, man. We're going to we, – we, we the block's hot. We might not be able to drop the location. So funny enough, and this might be a good way to end it, is I, I should you not. Like I was uh, just like leaving my apartment a few hours ago, and this guy on my floor was like, you're, yo, you're A-run, right? I'm like, yeah, I'm a run. What's up? He's like, yo, I saw you on Twitter. I'm Yo. Like, and I'm like, cool. What did you see? He's like, were you at the Leafs game last week? And I'm like, I was. I was at two games. He was like, yeah. You know, like I followed this guy named Sasha, and like I saw you in this photo with him. It was a photo that you took of us at like the Leafs Kings game. And I'm like, oh word, like Sasha's like my best yeah. friend. We're about to record a podcast. He's like, yeah, yo, like he's like I saw you in this photo. Like I follow a bunch of the former Vice guys still. I'm like, okay, cool, man. <laughs> yeah, backpack out, haha. And like, yeah, this is like one of my neighbors. Yo, shout out. Shout out to that guy, man. That's sweet. Yeah, my I hopefully he's not online, but my big, sweet, bumbling neighbor who was decked out in quadruple J's gear. 
Like he was head to toe. He was head to toe Jay's jacket, Jay's sweatpants, Jay's shirt. (laughs) Yo, and then like he was layering two Jay's shirts, man. (laughs) Quadruple Jay's gear, man. Head to toe. We got to get him on the pod. (laughs) We call that. We call that the Barry special. Yeah, man, the Tyson Barry special. Sash, we did this podcast like very last minute. Do we have anything in the mailbag? Uh, yo, we actually have uh, a very important question that we got to get into, and it's from none other than Blake Murphy. Oh man, the Godfather himself. How are you, Blake? Love you, miss you. I know you're killing, dude. Story. Blake, man. Uh, you know, like we should hang out sometime. I know it's been a while, man. I sent Blake a message at the start of the day before the opener. It was like, Blake, like you know, here's to an excellent season ahead. You know, hopefully we can link up soon. And by that, I mean like at the All Star break, <laughs> like. <laughs> Hard Yo, hard Blake's going to be hanging out with Carl English at the All-Star Room. Yes. Like, bu- writing the, the second book. Yes, he didn't ask for this because I think he's too humble. But buy Blake's book that's coming out on Carl English. Uh, I don't know. Alex what... English better. Okay, so Blake's uh, I mean, Blake's is, question but... is, uh, why isn't Will at the Raptors game? We tried to take a Raptors Republic Christmas card photo because the Raptors are currently playing the Magic. Uh, Arun, why isn't, why isn't Will there? Uh, I don't know. I mean, Will is, as everyone knows, and one of the best Raptors reporters alive. Blake, uh, Blake you probably know better than I would, honestly. I thought he was going to be at Scotiabank tonight. Maybe uh, he is watching and recording from home. Maybe the excellent Vivek Jacob is there in his place tonight. I'm not entirely sure. But Yeah, every- man, I, I feel like Will, whatever Will's doing, it's probably more important than the Raptors because he wouldn't miss a Raptors game for much. No, if Will's not there at Scotiabank, then Vivek's there, and Vivek's awesome. So everyone's good, man. Um, yeah, head's know. not the same size, though, man. Head's not the same size. I mean, how could it possibly be? Right? Shout out Harry Maguire. Shout out Harry Maguire. The only person who might have a big enough head to match Will. Um, yeah, man. Future captain. Don't talk shit. Future yo, captain. While we're here, I guess. By the way, if anyone has Raptors OVO merch that they want to sell for a markup to me. Holla at me. I was on the site. I had it in my, like, what's called shopping cart. Then I went and took a shower to contemplate, and then it was all sold out. So if anyone wants to sell your oh, OVO merch at a markup to me, let me know. You can't take a shower when it's in your cart. You got to make that decision real quick. Bro, the shower's my thinking place. I had, I had to think on it. Dude. I, I know, man. Oh, my God. It's okay. Well, na- well now the rap- Dying at you, leaving it. Yeah, I know, man. I left it in the cart. I'm dying, and I'm dying at you. Dude, I'm dying at you leaving it in your cart and just going in the shower and, like, taking your time and being like, should I buy it? And then coming back and it's gone. That would be really sad. Man, shout out to you Raptors fans. You guys are the craziest motherfuckers on the planet for selling that shit out in less than an hour. Um, well, um, it's always fun talking per usual. No cap listeners, this is... Arun speaking, and it's my first time producing, so bear with me. Um, but yeah, if you have any questions about the Leafs, Raptors, music, pretty much anything, you can always hit us up. We didn't talk about the Grammys today, but they didn't have. Did the baby get any nominations? The baby got, uh, I believe, rap song of the year for Suge. Oh, cool. He should have more. Pup should have got some more. Um, that's really my take on music. The baby and pup should win all the awards, and Megan Thee Stallion too. Yo, um, imagine, imagine they collaborated, all three. If the baby and pup put out a collab, yo, please, I'm in for it. And oh, Megan, and Megan, and Megan, three. hell yeah, I'd be in for it. Um, 
yeah, this might be a good place to wrap the show today, man. I always have fun. Uh, well, should I take over the hosting duties here? Well, you can find me, Arun, at Arun Things on Twitter, the Arun Shunavasan on Instagram, and you can find most, if not all, of my work at Yahoo Sports Canada. Sash, you want to do your plug or should I do yours? Yo, man, uh, uh, I ain't got much to plug. I'm at Sasha Collar on Twitter, uh, at Sasha Collar on Instagram. And uh, if you live in a Rune's apartment, say what up, man. Uh, I'm usually there like once every two weeks to watch uh, MTV's The Challenge, and uh, he should totally join us. But that's it for the episode. Um, as always, we're at NoCatPod on Twitter. Send us stuff. Uh, we'll answer it. Follow us. Interact with us. I feel like we have a pretty good Twitter account. And, of course, we're on iTunes. We're on SoundCloud. And if you listen to podcasts on an app that we're not on, just let me know and, and we'll get on there. Arun, Spot- thanks for joining me. Yep. Spotify has a ticket for us going. We'll be there soon.